Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Scott. And welcome to God or Not, the podcast where truth springs from argument among friends. This is episode number 16. And coming up, Scott and I will be talking about what is rational. Also in this episode, what say you? So grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to the center ring. This is the God or Not Podcast. We're in for a great night of civil discourse here as these two warriors are wrapped up and ready to go. And now, let's get ready to dialogue! Here we are, Scott. Episode 16. A fairly lucky number 16. Okay, we'll go with that. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you say. We are going to be talking about rationality today. What does it mean to be rational? What does it mean to be irrational? And um, all kinds of other things that um, hand and foot kind of, and, and, you know, kind of things that go with that. You know, we didn't uh, we didn't bring this up in the in the chat that's that we're going to be listening to shortly. But uh, rational has a very different meaning in math terms. You know, rational means uh, a rational number is a number that can be written as a fraction, and and so the the word is based off of the word ratio, which mean which is when you compare two numbers, like the like for two thirds, for example, you're comparing mm-hmm. the two to the three to give the concept of. Uh, like if, if we say something is two thirds full or something, you know, what you're saying is, well, if you divide it up into three parts and you take two of them. Right. Right. And so I, I'm, I'm curious as to if that is related to the idea of like reason and logic rationality that we, that we talk yeah, about. I don't know. I don't know. You never, know what's, never really thought about it. What's interesting is when I was doing some prep for the show, obviously when I, when I typed in rationality, um, mm-hmm. I actually, there were a couple of titles that came up in my Google search that had to do with math. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, and I, of course I just scroll by, you know, I, I right. didn't click on them because I just assumed it was something entirely different, but it, uh, they were there nonetheless. Hmm. So I well, guess, uh, unless yeah. you have something else without further ado, let's, All right, let's, let's talk about being rational. All right. Bring it. This is the main event. So today we're going to look back at a word we've used quite a bit in, in, uh, on this podcast, and that word is rational. Rational. So uh, today, so Jamie and I, we're going to talk about what it means to be rational, what that word means, and some, you know, what, how does that affect, you know, the way that we do things? And so, Jamie, why don't we start out with, uh, why don't you tell us what rational means to you? If you were to de- define that word, what would you say? So for me, I would say I kind of look at like reasonable or rational as um, in a, like a real commonsensical kind of thing. I mean, when we say like, hey, someone's rational or someone's irrational, I think mm-hmm. we almost be- – I don't know if it's because of our culture or upbringing or because we're in the West. We have a, a general understanding of what that means, even if we can't define it. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I would say that someone um, is being rational 
or rationality. It's, it's about um, someone using their mind or their cognitive faculties. Uh-huh. If those faculties, so if their mind is operating properly, so they don't have some kind of psychiatric issue or some uh-huh. kind of, you know, um, uh, you know, other issue like that, as long as their cognitive faculties are operating correctly, I would say that it is, um, it is when you're appealing to evidence, um, believing something based up, up upon evidence or giving reasons for it, some justification, as opposed to if someone's being um, irrational, then they uh-huh. would be appealing to something other than good reasons. They would be appealing to maybe emotion or they would be appealing to some kind of random, you know, random chance kind of spin the bottle kind of thing. So Uh in summary, to be rational just means to use your mind to be thinking, you're thinking clearly and you're using your mind to try and um, come to the best conclusion you can using evidence, argumentation, reason, justifications, and to be irrational would be basically the opposite. You're not using your mind for one reason uh-huh. or another. You're using emotion or or something like that. Okay. So, well, I mean, not to be pedantic here, but uh, uh, emotion is part of a normal process, you know, a normally functioning mind, right? So how would you yes. distinguish that? I mean, what would... Well, I would say that, like, um, if... If, um, well, let's say that, that, and that sometimes it's best to give examples because it's easier okay. for us to kind of understand. So you have a daughter, I have a daughter who's, who's slightly younger, but mm-hmm. let's say that she has just fallen in love. Okay. She, she's in love in love with this guy. And he is just not the kind of person that, that anybody wants to bring home to mom. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but she's in love. And okay. so I would think that as the father, we would be looking at our daughter in that instance, saying that she's not thinking rationally. Maybe this guy's got a criminal record and he uh-huh. is up to no good. And, you know, he, he only wants to take advantage of our daughter. But because she finds him in some way, either physically attractive or attractive in that kind of um you know, puppy dog love sense that she is not picking or choosing um, someone to date based upon any real rational reasons. It's not like, Hey, he's got a good job and Uh he treats me well. And um, she is just using pure emotion to um, kind of make that determination. So you and I would probably say Uh that our daughters were thinking irrationally as, as opposed to rationally. So, I think okay. the where the emotion comes in is when you can tell that it is it is steering the ship far more than maybe it should be because obviously um, even when we talk about biases I know that we've talked about biases before and mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with emotion and it's it's inevitable that emotion will be I think will be involved in these kind of processes there's no way to like leave emotion out. I think you said it right that, you know, our mind that we do have emotion. That's part of it. But Uh I think we can tell the difference when, when someone's pure emotion is, is driving the ship, so to speak, as opposed to, you know, as opposed to using their minds, thinking things through. So it's not 
because you know falling in love is certainly part of a normally functioning mind um and even you might even argue that falling in love with the wrong person quote unquote wrong person right that might be i mean that happens fairly often you, you mm-hmm. know so 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 often that it's you know it's kind of a thing you know they talk about the you know the bad boy and, and you know stuff like that and so you mentioned reasons and so what what do you what to you what makes a good reason what makes it a good reason as opposed to a bad reason you've already you already mentioned uh emotion and emotion can be beneficial i mean it can steer us in the right direction mm-hmm. i'm assuming that you were in love with your wife before you got married and and based your decision to get married off of that uh, actually we had an arranged marriage <laughs> okay, and you, you you came to love each other over time, right, right? Right. It just shows, just goes to show you that 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 can work, people. That no, you're right. Yeah, I did have I did have feelings for my wife, um, and so I think a lot of this is probably going to be subjective in terms of how we determine what are good reasons and what aren't. And I also think that um, being rational is going to be person dependent. Like depending on their background. So if, hmm. if, if I wanted to give another example, let's just say. If so you're I, saying rational means something different for everybody pretty much then. No, I, I think it means the same. But I think that what, what can happen is, is that depending on someone's background or experience, um, they, they could come to um, a conclusion and it, it be considered rational or irrational. Mm-hmm. Um, and it have a lot to do with their background. So again, I think, for example, if I were to say that water could not take liquid form, I would think because of my background and because of my history, that would probably be uh, irrational because I should know. Like I've dealt with ice. I'm not stupid. Like I've, mm-hmm. I've made ice before. Um, uh-huh. I know that that's H2O in solid form. So for okay. me, that would be irrational to believe that. But for someone, say, who was um, um, native to, uh, you know, very primitive uh, or native to some tropical area, some tropical people, um, that maybe them not understanding about H2O can become a solid, that may not be considered irrational mm-hmm. because m- with their background like boy maybe they wouldn't have even ever encountered that all the water they've ever seen being on this island not mm-hmm. having any contact with a bunch of other people is been in liquid form not okay. in solid form so that's what i mean by like someone's background um kind of tying in to maybe maybe what could be rational or irrational. So that's one example of how I would be irrational to think that where someone else, it it might be rational for them to think that even though we've come to two different, um, you know, conclusions, so to speak. Okay. So, all right. So it seems awfully wide here, this, this definition awfully wide. So it's basically, so you're saying that somebody is being rational if they, are not mentally ill? Is that what you're well, that, implying? That's, or that's part of it. I mean, I think that okay, people would have and, to have like properly working minds uh-huh. um, before we could say that something that they came to a rational conclusion. 
Okay. And and that's it, right? Is it? Is there any no, other? No, I mean, they, they obviously, if someone's being rational, they're trying to use it, and not in a maybe not in a strict sense of the form argumentation, but they're trying to use argumentation, reason, um, logic. And, okay. and it may be in a in super informal way, you know, my son, when he wants something from me, he might come to me and, and he wouldn't just be like, dad, this is what I want. Like he knows that if he gives me some good reasons, mm-hmm. um, that he's got a better chance of, you know, of getting, you know, X, Y, and Z video game or whatever. Right. So, um, I think you rationally. Being rational would be to have a, have a clear mind, have cognitive faculties able to understand, and to use good argumentation and reason to, uh-huh. to try to, to try reach your conclusion. So what would so we, I I think I interrupted you earlier. So what would make a good reason, or what makes good argumentation? Then what what is that? How does that come into play here? Well, again, I think it's somewhat dependent upon your background and the information that you well, have. Well, here we're talking about the disposal. reason. We're, we're not talking about the person who's making the, re, you know, who's, who's using that as reason. If we just want it. So you're saying a, it's like a reason might be good for one person, but not somebody else. Well, I think it, um, I think we talked about this before about having like, um, um, you know, what kind of information do we have from the start? Mm-hmm. You know, so somebody may not be familiar with something and may not have, um, therefore, they may not have that within their arsenal to, to, to be able to use as reasons, so to speak. Right. But what the reason would the re could the same if, if you and I were giving reasons for a particular belief and we said exactly the same thing, reason A, and you said reason A. So you would say you're saying that reason A could be could be rational for me, but not rational for you, or because um, we because we we would have different histories and different backgrounds and so on. Sure. Well, I mean, I guess the only thing I could do is go back to that example. I mean, would you I, would you agree with me that it would be irrational for me to come to the conclusion that water couldn't take a solid form like ice, but that say a tropical person a native to the island who has no understanding of this ice to come that, to the conclusion that there was no such thing as ice well that there that, that water couldn't take solid form you know that, that okay. water is just liquid it's just water so they wouldn't be irrational to come to that conclusion well we're differentiating though and we're differentiating though um that's that's not what i'm asking i know we're going to get into this a little bit later on like what's the difference between a rational person and a rational argument or a rational reason. So here we're setting aside the people for a second and looking at just just the a reason. And, well, and so I, I what is it that makes a reason be, a good reason or a bad reason? I think a good reason would be something that would would follow. I mean, I, I can't just say orange, the color orange. I mean, you know, it would have to probably mm-hmm. follow in some way. It would By have follow, to, you mean logically follow or yeah, just yeah, be logic- at the end of the sentence? No, right? no, <laughs> no, like logically follow, like maybe not in a super strict sense, but it would have to make sense. Like So would, logic, you, but maybe not. No, I, I, what, I didn't, I didn't, that's not, I didn't mean like okay. logic or not. I, so I, so I, what, I is, meant, what do you mean by not a super strict sense? 
Well, what I mean by that is, so when I say if something logically follows, right, mm-hmm. we're talking argumentation, we're talking like a non sequitur. That's an example, right? If so, if something doesn't follow, it, it means it it is something that it it just didn't follow from my argument that such and such would be the case that I came to this particular conclusion, and so what I'm saying is that that it would just have to, um, it would have to follow kind of in that way. They wouldn't necessarily have to know, obviously, that that this is X, Y, and Z fallacy, but I uh, think their reasons would have to be more plausibly true than not. And that would, um, you know, make sense according to what their conclusion is. So if my uh-huh. son is asking for, I don't know, a, a certain, certain game on, you know, on, on his Xbox or whatever, he wants to buy another game or something. And he starts talking about letting the dog outside to go poop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what one has to do with the other. And so I think somebody would, we would have to look at it and say, well, are, are these arguments in any way supportive of, of what you're trying to get at? Uh-huh. But I don't necessarily mean like in a strict, like premise one, premise two, conclusion. Oh, you mean you like know, not necessarily a formal, formal thing, but it formal, could be informal. Right, okay. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Um, okay. Well, that, I think we get at least a kind of the, a rough outline of what you're thinking there. My, my thinking is a little more, uh, I, maybe parallel to what, to what you've been saying. Um, I looked up rationality and I found a few different definitions, but they all seem to have some things in common. Like for example, dictionary.com said agreeable to reason. So they were talking about reasons. You you were talking about that before. Uh, Google definition was uh, based on or in accordance with reason or logic. Okay. So that one mentions logic as well. Uh, The Cambridge dictionary said based on clear thought and reason. And again, those kind of uh, are parallel to mm-hmm. to uh, what you were saying, and, and I found one on a website called importanceofphilosophy.com. And I'm this is not a <laughs> this is not a plug for that website. I didn't really look at much what what else was on the website, so I'm not vouching for it or anything. But but it did have a nice definition of reality, rationality, and it said rationality is a habit of acting by reason, which means in accordance with the facts of reality. And I think that really meshes nicely with the others. Um, you know, talking about logic, because logic really is just, um, you know, it's, it's the science and language of, of truth. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, you can, you can say, if I know that this is true, then I can say that these other things are true and so mm-hmm. on. Um, and, you know, the statements that, that make the connections between those facts. And so, um, and, but another thing I liked about that definition is it talked about rationality being a habit. And, uh, you know, if we want to be, um, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later on too, because we know that people can be irrational and, and, it, and it takes, um, uh, it takes uh, vigilance and it takes uh, discipline to try to be rational because we can easily slip into irrationality. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you think that your definition and my definition either match or clash or, or what do you think I don't, about the, the two there? I don't know. Um, I, I was thinking about because obviously we've had discussions about this before, um, in a, a more or less formal sense. But uh-huh. when I was thinking about kind of what we were talking about before, I was almost wondering if my definition was more of a layperson kind of everyday what we think of when we think of rational or irrational, and I think that showed in when I gave certain examples that were kind of more real world where yours was more focused um, in, 
more academic per se, let's say more, maybe more academically um, correct or proper. I don't know uh-huh. if, if that is true. That's just like my initial thought of it, but I, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with uh-huh. that, like what you talked about. And I don't know that there's any real clash. Do you sense some um, areas of rub? Um, well, I mean, that, that's what, what we're trying to hash out here. That's what we're trying to flesh out. I mean, I, I, it's, I, it seems that your definition is kind of vague and, you know, that, that might be intentional. That might just be incidental. Um, I'm, I'm just, that's, that's why the questions I'm just trying mm-hmm. to hammer down, I'm trying yeah. to pin you down on what I you're gotcha. saying here. I gotcha. Um, and so, um, so let me, let me ask you a couple, a couple questions here. So if, um, so if we're talking about somebody trying to make a case for something, which is obviously something that we deal with mm-hmm. uh, on this podcast, if somebody was, let's, let's take your, uh, your person and uh, they they live on some, you know, Caribbean Island or something like that. Yeah. And they've never seen ice in their life. And, mm-hmm. and so um, would you say, so if they came across this solid substance, then would you think that they would be, that they would be irrational or that they would be rational in saying that that's not water. You know, if, if they have, if they were not aware of the fact that water could take solid form, would they be rational in saying that that thing is not water? Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it would, it's hard to say because part of me wants to say, I think they would be completely rational in saying, you know, like if, if it's just sitting there in complete solid form, and it's not mm-hmm. melting or anything like that, where where okay. like water is coming from it. So if it just looks like a solid form, this is something mm-hmm. they've never seen before. Okay, and so they would they they would have really no way of of knowing that this is just water, um, in a solid form. And so okay. I, I think they would be rational to come to the conclusion that I don't know what this is. You know, d- does it look? This right. doesn't look like water to me. So I think right. their process of coming to that might be rational, even though they'd be wrong. Uh, uh, but so that's why I, I don't mean to be like super um, vague, you know, or kind mm-hmm. of airy about that. But I, I really do think a lot of this has to do with um, um, what what a person knows and their um, in in being able to use that to come to you know, certain conclusions. Do you think that they would be rational or irrational? Um, I will answer that question. Um, But before we do, I want to throw out some, I mean, we've, we've been kind of mixing the way we're using the word rational. I wanted to clarify some of those ways that we're using the word. Um, So, you know, these are just different usage uh, usages in common language. So we talk Mm -hmm. about uh, we, you know, we, we've kind of defined rational, but we can, we can talk about a person being rational. Right. And so Mm -hmm. what would that mean for you to call up, say that person is a rational person? You know, what would that, how would that fit with your definition? Or is that exactly what your definition is describing? Um, No, I mean, I would think that if, if we say that someone is a rational person, I think that it would probably mean, or what the person was saying, you know, when they said that what they meant by that is that, that it, that's someone who tries to think things through who tries uh-huh. to um, have good reasons for what they believe or good reasons for the actions that they do. And they, they try to use all the um, 
cognitive tools that they have and all the um, tools at their disposal as far as, you know, maybe okay. they are familiar with argumentation and, and um, strict, you know, forms of that kind of thing. And so if they're taking advantage of what they have, mm-hmm. I would say that that's basically what that is, is a person who's okay. trying their best to use their mind to draw the correct conclusions. So how would you distinguish between these phrase, these phrases here? That person is a rational person versus that person is being rational versus that person is doing something rational or making a rational argument. So how could, how could we distinguish, you know, is there, is there a difference between those, you know, a rational person, a person who's being rational or a person who is saying or doing something that is rational? Um, is, think, is there a yeah, difference between those? Or probably, I would say that a rational person is just, in general, that that person tries to, um, you know, tries to come to good conclusions using evidence. A person uh-huh. that is being rational seems to me like we're now we're kind of narrowing it down. We're becoming a little more focused, and now we're uh-huh. talking about maybe a specific instance of of. Um, um, you know, so so maybe um, maybe they're crazy to begin with, uh, mm-hmm. but in this instance, um, you know, they they really came to a, conclu- a conclusion based on good methods and and things right. like that. And then I think so the they had last like a moment one, of clarity, kind right, of thing. right, yes, like I do a couple times part. a day, right. <laughs> and and then um, the last one, a person that is doing something rational. Or holds, I think then that would be specific to like a certain belief, right? Okay. So the first one is uh, just in general. The second one might be propositional of like a certain situation. And then the mm-hmm. last one would be about a specific belief. Does okay. that make sense? Is, would you agree with those? I, I would agree with that. I think that's a, a great way of putting it. I would say, you know, mm-hmm. we're talking about the character of a person in the first case. You know, are they generally a rational person? That mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and then the second one would be, you know, the person, like, like you said, you know, there's a, a moment of clarity, or I, I suppose I said that <laughs> just like I said, right. Um, perfect. And, and, and that's kind of like, you know, the phrase, um, you know, even a clock is right. A broken clock is right twice a day kind of thing. You know, it's a, it's a character, you know, even somebody who is maybe characteristically irrational, they can still do something rational. Right. Um, and then the third one was just really talking about the the object it's you know right. not the the act or, or the argument or whatever instead of and not at all really on the person this kind of reminds me of um i know you're a huge ray comfort fan no. right huge ray comfort mm-hmm. ray comfort for uh for those of our uh listener that don't know what um that don't know who ray comfort is he's this uh internet and youtube apologist i suppose you'd call him uh was he australian Ooh, or well, don't use that don't throw that term <laughs> around like that <laughs> Listen, I, I think Ray's a good guy. I think he's All right, got, so you're, got a good heart. You're pushing him at right? arm's but length, right? Arm's yeah. length. Right. Okay. So, is he, but he's uh, is like, is like, was he in New Zealand? Uh, yeah, Ray I think he's from New Zealand, yeah. or is he Australian? Or I, I don't know. Um, anyway, one of those. One of those. But, he's got. But the one thick of the things accent. that, right? One of the things that he likes to say is, um, "Have you ever lied? Have you ever told a lie?" And and. You know, he's trying to get people to admit that yes. they're bad people, right. right? He's trying to get people to say that they're a liar. And so I say, well, have you ever lied? Yes. Well, what does that make you? 
okay, a I'm a liar, right? right? But, but see, so then I would make the distinction there. A liar would be somebody who characteristically lies or frequently lies. Right. And, you know, otherwise all of us would be a liar and all of us would be right. an honest person, you know, because even the worst liar in the world has said at least one true thing in their life, you know, right. one honest thing in their life. And so, and so when we, when we distinguish these things, we need to kind of be careful that we separate those, those, uh, those definitions. Now, let me ask meanings. you a question about that specifically about that. Sure. See, I would say that he's just being way over the top to try to prove a point. Would you say that, that that's what he was doing? Uh, I don't know if I would describe it as over the top. I would just say he's just trying to be tricky. Oh, okay. I, I, just, I yeah, I see. Like, I, I see his I, I motives. Would, I see what he's yeah. where he's trying to go with this. He just wants right. to show. I and listen. I don't think it would take that extreme to, to, to you know for people to recognize that. Oh yeah, I got some pretty wicked ways about me. You know, I don't think you have to right. go to that extreme for people to understand that about themselves and about others. Right. But I, it's like I said. I think his his intent isn't isn't bad i just think that he's he's going yeah. he's going over yeah. the top to try to prove a point i i don't know the man uh and so i'm not gonna say that i think he's lying i don't think he's being intentionally deceptive uh, but it's hard for me to imagine a situation where he's not trying to be intentionally deceptive and being you know equivocating on purpose but you know that that's neither here nor there. We're not really here to talk about Ray Comfort. It doesn't matter yeah. matter what he says. I just thought of that as an example. Yeah, no, that's a good uh, example. So I, I did want to answer your question though. I didn't want to uh, put that out. And so we were talking about the the person from the South Caribbean right. who had never seen ice before. Are they rational? Uh, and I could say that they could be a rational person saying that, right? They they could be a rational person. And they could say that that's not that's mm-hmm. not water, right? Um, they also could be being rational too, right? So that they, they've seen water. Then, you know, people in the islands, they grow up around water, right? And so they, mm-hmm. they are very familiar with water. And, um, and so, you know, that they could be being a rational person. And I don't know if I would say that that makes it a rational statement. Um, I would, yeah, it, it maybe could be a rational statement if they say, you know, water is liquid, this is not liquid. Therefore, this is not water. You know, that's right. a, that's a legitimate thing to say now in this case. Um, but I, I, I think this demonstrates something though. And, and that is that, uh, they're still wrong. Right. right? I think we yeah. can agree that ice is water. Right? right. And so, and so we know that, um, that being rational or making a rational argument doesn't necessarily, um, like for example, in this case, their, their premises, one of their premises are false, you know, where they say water is liquid, right? Well, water, water can be liquid, but it's not always. And so in this case, their premises are false. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're being irrational and they're, and it doesn't necessarily mean that, um, that their conclusion is going to be necessarily true or false. Now, if so- somebody was being ira- if they were making an irrational argument, mm-hmm. um, and, it, Boy, why do I well, why let, do I completely agree with you on that? You you need to back up and re-explain yourself <laughs> because I, I have a feeling like we should have been butting heads at that point. But we but should have. I, okay. I almost, well, I'm saying like I almost. And this well, is we're, where we're, the last time we were. T- I don't mean to interrupt, but this is like a light bulb going on for me. Uh-huh. Is I almost feel like I realized maybe where when we we talked last time where our issue was in that that person that that native. Is, mm-hmm. is being a rational person and that mm-hmm. person is being rational 
so as much as they know, but they, I would almost want to agree with you on that. That might be an irrational. Um, yeah, I would. Like, I would like, say that the the argument or the statement, their their reasoning, I think, would be irras- irrational. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're being rational because they might not know all of, you know, they might not have all the facts. Like, for example, if one of their premises are false, mm-hmm. um, you know, that the conclusion can still be true, by the way. If, let's see, how do I want to ask this question? If the premises are false, it doesn't mean that the conclusion are false, but it does mean that their argument doesn't support their conclusion. Right. It doesn't, it's not, um, what we say sound or valid. Right. You, you, so, well, in this case, it would, uh, it's uh, separate from validity here. So we're talking about, he's just, uh, just uh, his follow. premises weren't necessarily true. Right. Right. And so we would say in this case that, um, even though he's being a rational person to his best of his ability, um, the, his conclusion doesn't follow from his argument. Right. Okay. And so, um, so then if he were to later learn that uh, water can be in solid form, then that changes the situation right now. Right. He knows that he knows this thing. And so uh, but my but my point is that the the truth or falsity of the conclusion doesn't necessarily depend on the argument. You can have a true conclusion from a bad argument. Mm hmm. Right. So I, I could say something like, um, well, I could say exactly the same thing he did. I could say, you know, water is a liquid. This thing is not a liquid. And so therefore this thing is not water. And so uh, my conclusion or the conclusion there is false, but we could have a true conclusion. Also, I could say um, water is a liquid. Uh, you know, that bird over there is red. Therefore, <laughs> right. uh, this chunk of of ice is Is water water, right and i think that's one of the things we talk about when we talk about knowledge um like Mm -hmm. how do we go from belief to knowledge and it's that um we believe something to be true in it but in order to have knowledge not only do you have to believe it to be true and not Mm -hmm. only does it have to be true but your Mm -hmm. justifications have to be in line as well. Like you have to have some justifications that follow. Right. And if they right. don't, then it's just a lucky guess, you know, like you were right, but like you had said earlier, a broken clock is right twice a day. Right. So that, exactly. that's, yeah, I get it. Okay. So, so it was, so if he knew though, if he knew that the premises were false, would he be rational to you, to use that as an argument for his conclusion? No. What about if, uh, if the form of the argument itself uh, was not a valid form of argument. And then would he be rational in using would that, would that be rational to use that to support his conclusion? Can you give me an example for of, like of this one or? Sure. If, yeah. if I say, if I said, um, um, I am standing if I am standing, then water is in liquid form only. Therefore, water is in liquid form only. <laughs> right. Okay. So in that case, one of my premises were false. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so it, I, so it would not be rational for me to use that as an argument that water must be in liquid form. Right. It doesn't seem to right? have anything to do with anything at that point. 
Right, right. Yeah. And, and likewise, if the premises were true, if I said uh, bananas are yellow, oranges are orange. Therefore, Jamie uh, there- is right. Therefore, water is liquid. <laughs> right. And so, and so in that case, my premises are true. Bananas are yellow. Well, within reason, bananas can be yellow. Right. Uh, oranges are orange, again, unless they're not ripe and so on. Uh, but the connection. So, so we need to have, um, in order for us to use an argument, in order, in order for us to use an argument to support a conclusion, we need to have our true premises. We need to have our, our valid Reasoning, and we call that a sound argument, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a logical, a logically sound argument. Right. Uh, do you think somebody is rational, is being rational, if they knowingly use um, an unsound argument to support their conclusion? Well, knowingly use, like, I mean, are we saying they're lying, like, to themselves and to somebody else, or they may or may not be lying? They might honestly think that. Uh, but if they know that it's an invalid argument, you um, know, they, they maybe they're not so quite so sophisticated as as you and I are, and you know maybe they don't understand the connection <laughs> right. there. Um, well, then again, I don't know that they would know that it was that it it didn't follow. So, but so so you can be irrational without knowing it. Yeah, I, I think so. I, again, I think a lot of this is situational. So I would, I would almost okay. have to be. If you were able to give me a another example, but I wouldn't rule that out. You know what I'm saying? Like it very okay. well could be. I would just need a maybe another situation. Um, you know, example. So well, let's can... let, let let's move on a little bit, and then we'll work some more examples in as we All go right, here. Uh, um, so the next thing I wanted to ask is why is it important to be rational? Why is that a I'm I'm assuming that you think I, maybe I should ask you maybe I shouldn't assume. Do you think it's a good thing to be rational? And I mean, to, I think it's, to use rational arguments. That's a that would have been a fair assumption, Scott. That I, I that I I think people uh, should yeah, be rational. I think, well, that, <laughs> that's, that I, I did in fact assume it, but okay, I wanted right, you know. Right. No, uh, I got you. Yeah, no. We want to practice good. You know, have uh, demonstrate good practice yeah. here, so we don't want to assume. All right. Yes, I think it is good for people to be rational. I think. For a couple of reasons, um, I think primarily, I think because typically we see when we're rational, our con- we're, we're um, we find the truth easier. So our conclusions are usually better if if we're practicing some form of rationality. If we're trying to think through things, and usually we come to um, the correct conclusions. And um, also, I think by being a rational person, we're helping people around us. Um, uh-huh. you know, we're not being erratic and weird and, and, you know, we have reasons for doing certain things that we do. Um, you know, we've all had friends who were very, very emotional and who, who, who might act out and do certain things that we would think uh-huh. are irrational. And, and a lot of times they're no fun to be around. They, they just, they're, they're not the type of person that, it, you know, it's hard to create a, a friendship or relationship with that person. So I think not only does it help uh-huh. us come to better conclusions, but I, th- I think that it also helps the people around us to be rational. I would agree with that. I think that's a, that's a good way of saying that. Um, I do have uh, an example. I'm a teacher. I come up with it. You know, I have examples for shit, right? And yeah. so um, I have an, ex- this is an example I've used to illustrate the importance of truth. And I think that's, that's kind of what we're boiling down here is that, uh, you know, rationality uh, is useful because it helps you to say things and to find things that are true and to act right. on true information. Right. Um, and so, and so this is an example I used to, why is it important to 
believe true things or to or to be rational in your in your approach to your beliefs. And and so just imagine that you're on a on a plane, you're flying to California or whatever, and uh, the uh, pilots there's an accident or something. There's something wrong with the fish. Or what was that in the? You remember the movie? Yeah, you might be the too birds, young birds, for this, the, right? The, no, the movie, the air, airplane. This was way back, long, long oh, time ago. The, the, the funny, it's probably the not even in color. Is this the comedy yeah. with right, uh, yeah. Leslie Nielsen? Yes. Oh yeah, yes. that's a classic, okay. buddy. That's- okay. All right. So so they're on. So they so the pilots eat the fish, right? And there was something yeah. wrong with the fish. So you're on this plane, and and so let's say you are the closest that you can come on the plane for a pilot. We're in trouble. Okay. So you are the one flying the plane. So you you walk up to the cockpit there and you see that there are four manuals on there. And let and let's say you're you're in a 747. Okay, okay you're flying in a 747. Right. And so there's four operation man, man, manuals there. The first one is for a 747. Uh, the second one is for a DC-10, which is another similar sized uh, passenger airliner, but it's different. Uh, another one is for a Cessna two-seater airplane. And then the fourth one is for a Keurig single-serving coffee maker. Oh, you, you, yeah. you know what I'm talking about, oh, those things? I got a you couple of those. Pot in yeah. and boom, and you go. Beautiful. Okay, yep. so 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 you're 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 getting you're you're going up there to be the pilot, right? And obviously you don't have any piloting experience, and so you're gonna be relying heavily on the manual here. You so assume you have the that. four manuals. Seven four, yeah, I, that's true. I just <laughs> busted, I, I hoisted by I mean, my own petard, right? I, I don't. Okay, okay go on. So we got, so we got the, you got the seven forty seven manual, the DC ten manual, the Cessna two seater, and the Keurig manual. So, do you think it matters which manual you use? Absolutely. And and why? Well, because if if we're using the seven forty seven manual, um, we're gonna have a a better chance of pushing right buttons and hitting right levers and obviously yeah. those other two of the other two of the other three might get you some truth or some mm-hmm. um that last one will just get you a good cup of coffee before <laughs> you go down but uh, exactly yeah, right so you I just be using sipping se- your macchiato or whatever <laughs> right the 747 <laughs> manual is the best because that is that is what we are flying in and right, that's what's right. going to get us the best chance of and landing so- this baby yeah, and and I spread those out in that in that particular way. That was intentional. They were of decreasing usefulness, right? So the seven forty seven obviously is the most useful. DC ten, you know, maybe some of the things are a little different, but you know, it's a similar size airplane and so on. Cessna two seater, probably significant differences, but still, mm-hmm. it's it's an airplane at least. Right. Um. You know, you still be worried about things like altitude and airspeed and pitch and yaw and roll and all that fun stuff. And then the Keurig is just. Totally unrelated, right? Right. So, so the illustration there is is to show that um, if we have more information, if if we're if we're concerned about truth, if we're concerned about the facts of reality here, the facts here being you're in a seven forty seven and you want to land safely, right? And so, if mm-hmm. you're if you use rational reasoning according to logic and evidence and so on, then you're going to be more likely to be able to affect the things. Uh, you know, affect the world in in the way that you want yeah. because you'll be working off of things that are true, and so um, so I you know to me at least that's what that's the important that's the key that's the gemstone right in the middle of this whole thing and that that's the value uh, of being rational, but sometimes we're not sometimes we're not rational and so 
Um, I'm just curious. I think we we agree that people are not rational. In fact, frequently right. are not rational. Uh, we've talked about uh, cognitive biases and different cognitive shortcomings on the show before, yeah. but we also are have been on the internet. Right. So <laughs> right yeah. and, and anybody who's been on the internet more than a few minutes, like social media, that kind of thing, discussion boards, et cetera, knows that there's plenty, plenty of irrationality out there. And I would even say, even coming from some otherwise very intelligent yes. and even otherwise very rational people some can be irrational about X, Y, and Z. Right. Yes. And so, um, so I want to know your thoughts from a theistic perspective why? Why well, are people so irrational? Well, right. So I'm assuming that you believe that God made us this way. And so why, why, what would be the purpose of yeah, that? Yeah. So I, I believe obviously that God made us and that um, I think part of the creation process was a give and take. Okay. So for instance, obviously God wants certain things done and he would love for us to obey him completely. Uh, but if he's going to create creatures with free will, um, mm-hmm. then, then, then he knows that sometimes that's going to not happen or probably a lot of times. But as a Christian, I would say that when God initially created and he created creatures, that things were good and they were using their minds to, uh, I mean, the capacity that minds were intended but that when when they chose, when Adam and Eve, when they chose to, uh-huh. um, you know, to rebel against God, it was at, at that point in which what what as we as Christians would say that sin entered the world or rebellion against God entered the world, uh-huh. and it made uh, the world in a kind of a corruptible, dying state. And so, as um, a Christian, we would say that. We're rational sometimes uh, because uh, God has given us a mind, and we're irrational a lot of times uh, because we have um, a nature that is inclined uh, towards and an environment that is. Um, right, so Adam rot, and Eve screwed it up. Rot, is that, rot is that with your sin? Well, I think your explanation. I think we're irrational because of. Adam and Eve? Well, I think that's part of it. I think that when Adam and Eve chose to to rebel against God, that now mm-hmm. we weren't living in a perfect world. We were living okay. in a world that was less than perfect, and it is now um, this, this uh, rebellion entered. Because, of course, God gave us freedom of the will, gave creatures free will. And so by, um, by rebelling against God, um, the world is now in a state of... Of, of brokenness and huh. the the idea of the gospel or God's ultimate goal and plan is to restore earth in that perfect state again with those people who who um, who who chose God um, and, and to be in that perfect state and um, at that point, then it would be, it would be perfect for you know forever. So that is kind of the ultimate goal. But unless unless somebody ate another apple, right? Well, no. And then that would that would mess it up again. No, I would say that the reason why I actually I don't think we'll be able to sin in heaven, but I don't think it's because 
um, because God is hmm. stopping us from sinning. The way I like mm-hmm. to explain it is this, that um, if, if we had a choice between whatever favorite food you wanted and, and eating out of a trough filled with vomit, mm-hmm. I can't think of any circumstance where anybody would ever choose to eat the vomit. It's there. Really? And we're free to eat it. I bet you I can it. give you one right. I bet you I can give you one right now. Who would eat freely eat the vomit instead of their favorite food? Yep. Who? I'll give you a million dollars to eat that vomit. No, no, no. We're in heaven right now. Or whatever, heavenly dollars. No, that's not. That's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how. I mean, we have right? every. But, we that, have, but that's. But that's a situation where somebody would voluntarily. Uh, Eat the vomit. I I think we're, I think we're digressing. we're straying quite I'm a bit just, here. I'm just trying to explain how I that, can that hear would... I can hear an the atheist yawns. listener yelling at me, screaming <laughs> uh, that we that we need to that we need to dive into this whole idea of free will and heaven right. and we'll eating apples and all this stuff. Right. Let's save that for a different time. All so right. you're saying that um, the reason that we're irrational is because. Because we're, Apple. yeah, well, no, that's, you know, that is a, a, a simplified version of. Oh, because, because, because the act of eating the apple when they were instructed not to. Because the world is in a state of rebellion against God. And so okay. everything is in a state. Oh, so much. Everything is, this is dying. This target rich environment well, right here. I know, but see, this, this, rich this is the best way I could do it because you're really probably not going to come back at me because you got to keep us on track, don't you? <laughs> right. So oh, yeah. So it's a, you figure you're safe. I'm you trying. You're I'm, safe. I'm hoping uh, I'm okay. safe. Yeah, just, just that All the right. world is broken because we're in rebellion against God. And so uh-huh. everything is in that state of kind of falling apart and uh, right. ultimately working towards a time when that won't be the case. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's interesting. I so we'll, we'll, we'll just tuck that away tuck for it. a little while. Tuck it. I know that Let was me. hard for you, buddy. <laughs> that was, that was, <laughs> I was, I was exhibiting self-control. <laughs> self-control is one of the tenets of Taekwondo, my, my chosen martial arts. So I was exhibiting self-control at that moment. Very good. Um, okay. Well, I, I think we can, much more easily and much more satisfyingly describe uh, why we're irrational uh, by appealing to a naturalistic explanation. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just very simple and very straightforward. And that is evolution is short sighted. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we look at things, if we, if we, if I uh, come to a conclusion, if, and, and I, and I lie about it, for example, uh, if I can convince people to like me, that gives me a short term benefit. Uh, if I can convince people to follow me, if I can convince a, you know, somebody to mate with me, I'm more likely to pass on my genes, you know? And so mm-hmm. if I can achieve these short-term goals, uh, then if I can convince myself that, um, you know, something is going to happen, something good will happen if I do this, then, you know, that might, that might motivate me to accomplish some short-term goal, but it would ultimately fail as a long-term goal. Cause we can, we can see now, especially nowadays, we can see, you know, you gave some examples of, of people that are being irrational and that's because that, you know, throughout their history, um, it's an evolution being short-sighted, short-sighted, um, you know, it, it, these short-term, you know, it's, it's, it's good to be, you know, you've uh, heard that phrase, greed is good, right, right. right? Greed is good. 
And so somebody who's greedy will have some short-term benefits, but then nobody will like them anymore and, and so on. And so there'll be a long-term drawback to being greedy, or maybe they can damage the, you know, damage the system if they, if they're so greedy, you know, then, and then it starts affecting their population. If I, if I'm so greedy to the, if, to the extent that I take everybody's food, then everybody dies and I cannot reproduce. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's long-term shortcomings, but anyway, so can I, I just was, can I say I one thing that'll probably that, tick you off? Please do, right. please. I, I don't necessarily think that's a, a, a solely naturalistic explanation um, because there are a lot of, um, not myself, but there are a lot of uh, theists out there that believe they're, uh, they believe in theological evolution, that God created uh-huh. us through the process of evolution. So I wouldn't say that's a strictly n- naturalistic example. Well, that would be, I, I certainly didn't mention any anything supernatural no 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 what i mean by that i I would say no what i mean by that is i i I could claim that explanation as well if i was a theistic evolutionist i I think somebody who's theistic though doesn't automatically reject everything that's naturalistic right you know gravity is a naturally occurring thing i think you would agree that gravity occurs Mm -hmm. you know just because you're theistic doesn't mean you reject everything that's natural no 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 no, but we're talking about evolution specifically theist right and so so evolution the the mechanism you know the the evolution itself is a naturally oh i see what you're saying oh oh, okay and 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 so it that i'm not saying that that it's a holy particular right i got it's a naturalistic thing that some theists also agree i I got you no that makes sense okay all right. Dang, so anyway, I was so hoping to get you. You didn't all piss fired me off. You're hoping to. Yeah, you're hoping to. Okay. So, um, what can we do? What can we do as people? How how can we how can we be rational? When you know, I think we agree that being rational is a good thing, and that's being rational is good because it's based on truth. And uh, so, why? How can what can we do to be more more rational? What do you think? Well, I think stuff like this is. Um, like what we're doing, having conversations is really, really good for a couple of reasons. I, I was mentioning the other day, I can't remember, maybe it was to my wife, Carissa, that that my interactions with you have been so mind-stretching because, um, and don't take this the wrong way, this is a compliment, that, that you take <laughs> some... <laughs> I'm I, suspicious yeah, now. I, I'm afraid that I, I, I wish I wouldn't have... Uh, uh, you're a jackass, <laughs> but in the best possible in the way. Best way. Right? No, the, this, Is that what's coming? You have um, sometimes you argue from a place that is different than than most naturalists or atheists that I've argued with in the past do. Okay, so so you take a different slant at things, which mm-hmm. forces me to reevaluate what I believe and mm-hmm. think about what you said and try to see if I can marry something together or if this belief is just, I can't, I can't continue to hold this or I need to accept this. So it is a constant. And we, as Christians, we have a word for this. It's ironing, sharpening iron. You know, it's a constant um, uh, back and forth where the both of us are, are putting out kind of our beliefs and, they're constantly being challenged. And I think uh-huh. that's helping us uh, d- to push us towards um, almost like a ditch, pushing us towards the ditch of rationality. I know maybe that doesn't make sense, but you know how 
Um, or, or I hate to <laughs> you, say you, that you because can't, you did can't, it's like a, such a pretty picture. Rut, rut, I'm pushing you right to rut. the edge of the chasm well, <laughs> of rationality. I, I mean, not the best, but you know how sometimes and you'll fall screaming to the depths of when, reason. When people say like they're when when people have some kind of addiction, say to uh, whatever, um, neurologically they're finding that th- that there are these pathways that are being built almost like running your finger in the sand a little at a time and a little at a time. And so basically it, it becomes this rut making it easier for your, um, for the things going on in your brain to fall back into that pattern, if that makes right. sense. And that's almost oh, yeah. how I feel about um, our discussions is we're pushing each other and trying to force each other back into um or maybe not back into, but you know, I'm trying to force each other into this lane of rationality or this rut of, of rationality. At least that's the, right. so I think communication in this way is very beneficial. Definitely. I, I would definitely agree with that. I think it, the reason is, and this is just my, my thoughts on it, um, is that, um, you know, we know that much of our irrationality is centered around us kind of cradling and protecting the things that we believe. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and may, maybe in the past, you know, being overly confident was beneficial in some ways, maybe got you some, you know, got me uh, the girls, you know, renown in, in the village or in your clan or whatever. And, right. and, you know, but, but a lot of, a lot of our irrationalities are involved are, you know, centered around protecting the things that we already believe and that, mm-hmm. you know, keeping out everything that, that disagrees. And so if you force yourself into a situation where you're talking to somebody who doesn't have those same cherished beliefs, mm-hmm. then, um, so then they're not going to be protecting the same beliefs. And so, and so it kind of, uh, forces that kind of interaction, but, but it also takes, I think, um, you know, you, you need to be open-minded. You need to be able to actually have a conversation rather than people yelling at each other, which we do some of the both. time, but most yeah. of the time, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think for the most part, we, we have the conversation, but, but I think it, it shows how hard it is, how hard. And this is back when I was talking about way at the beginning, when we were talking about the definition, you know, rationality is the habit of acting by reason. And so, and so, you know, it requires, it's not something that you can just Oh, I passed my rationality it's, it's class, and so now I'm rational. Yeah, it's intentional. Right, it, it takes it's something you need to keep doing. It takes vigilance, and and uh, you know something. Uh, one aspect of it I like is is uh, self reflection. You know, you need to you need to be able to step out of yourself, and and um, you know, I, I think it was um, shoot, who was it? It was either Socrates or maybe it was Plato who said the the unexamined life is not worth, worth living. living. Something yep. along those lines, yep. and so. Uh, you know, so you need to, and and that's, that's a way, you know, by self-examination, you can improve and so on. And so you need to keep up with it. You need to keep up with it. It's not something that you can just let slide. Right. And, and, you know, and also there's other things too, like reading books and so on. But, but uh, you know, I, I personally, my favorite is getting in there and mixing it up, ta- intentionally going out there, seeking people that uh, have different opinions. You know, sometimes my friends kind of 
shake their heads at me and they're like, why, why do you do this? Why to are you why dealing you- <laughs> with this guy? He is insane. Why is, what is up with this guy? <laughs> right. right? Yeah. And so, and you know, and, and, and I just say, look, you know, it's, it's part of my process. You know, it's part of what I, what I do. You know, I like to, I like to mix it up. I like to, I don't know, maybe I'm patting myself on the back too much here, but, no, but you that, know, it, it's, you do, or, it's, you, uh, or we wouldn't be doing this. Right, right. There's a, there's an interest there and a desire. I, I've, I've said before, you know, I just want to know everything that I can. And, you know, myself is one of those mysteries to my, to my eyes. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. Is there, I, I feel like we haven't been arguing enough. Is there something that you wanted to bring up that would get us arguing a little bit more here? Or <laughs> no, I like I said before, I think we were closer to our understanding of of what it mm-hmm. meant to be rational than maybe it originally felt. But I I do think that it was <laughs> like it 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 fleshed some things out. You know. Okay. So right. I think so. So that'll wrap up our talk on what is rational. And that was rational, I think. That was, uh, well, that was about rational. Right. And it it was one of the most civil conversations we have ever had. Almost, almost, well, I was going to say almost boringly. So I'm going to edit that out, I think. (laughs) We don't want to call ourselves boring, but it was... It was good. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah. It was uh, very calm and and suspiciously agreeable. I don't know if I. I don't know if I. I. I we. Should, of course, we could cut this out too. But uh, you know, our first round at this. Right. Just, just so our listeners know, sometimes our episodes have to have a first, second, maybe a third or fourth round, <laughs> depending upon how they go. Right. Yeah. Our first round wasn't as agreeable. Um, and we, th- we kind of think of it as a as a surveyor, yeah. you know, a surveyor. You know, we, right. we're taking we're surveying the landscape before we decide where we want our path to. Right. It was forge a, through the brush. It was a warm up round, and I'm glad that it was a warm up. It, it was uh, warm up, more of a heat up round, I think. But, yeah, uh, it could have been. So but, that well, was more <laughs> exciting, but probably less informative um, uh, than than what we what we just right. had. I thought we had a great right. discussion where we. We're able to um, to flesh some things out um, and just show how sometimes um, words, I mean, they have uh, not sometimes, but words have meaning. And and sometimes it's hard to get to the, the heart of the issue. What is right? What are right. we really trying to talk about here? And, and I think it, I think it highlights too the you know, part of it, when you're talking to somebody that who's whose uh, thinking process is so foreign to your own. And in many mm-hmm. ways, we I mean, we've talked about this before. We're very alike in many ways, but there's some ways that we're very different. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're exploring here. Right. And so, but ever if you're doing that, ever, you know, it it makes sense to every once in a while just kind of have, you know, check yourself, right? So we wanna, you know, we wanna touch bases and make sure we're not totally in, you know, in two different worlds here. We wanna look for things that are common. We want to, you know, look for things that we can build on. We want to build on some commonality. And so I, I, that, that was kind of what our, our desire for this was, I think, you know, before we go on to talk about other things, we just want to kind of take a step back and, and make sure that we're not talking past each other too much. Right. I'm sure that will happen, but probably not quite as much. Definitely. Right. As it would. We're we're not trying to eliminate that because we know it's going to happen, but we, we want to, 
know, it helps to minimize it at least. Sure does. So why don't you tell our listeners uh, what is uh, in store, our next little bit? All right. So uh, this is just a little a little side bit we're doing. It's called What Say You? And, you know, this is the first time that we've, we've done this, uh, this particular type of bit. And so uh, we thought a brief explanation was due. And well, really, it's just us talking about stuff. And, and you know, normally we have some kind of uh, agenda or an outline or a plan. And, and this is just something that, uh, that both of us um, enjoyed and we just wanted to talk about it. And so hence came What Say You? What Say You? Okay, this is uh, What Say You? It's our first time we're doing this little bit, and tonight we're going to be talking about um, like this two-part little uh, series that uh, Scott and I watched. Um, very interesting and, and, and very moving, and since it was kind of Scott's recommendation, I'm going to let him uh, set this up. So go ahead, Scott. Give us a little uh, intro okay. on these two. Um an astute listener would will recognize that I recommended this instead of a book uh, several weeks ago, and this was uh, it was a a project by uh, he's a stage magician slash mentalist slash I don't know if he's a psychologist or anything, but he sure seems like one. Yeah. Um. He I mean he knows a lot about psychology. I suppose that's what a you know magician and a mentalist do. But um, it was uh, it was a show. It's on it's on Netflix right now. This is not a promo for Netflix, but um, but they're available now. I think they were Netflix specials, and um, the uh, so I recommended. I, uh, yeah, so it was called The Push, and uh, the idea was that uh, Darren Brown wanted to see if he could convince somebody just you know, somebody off the street, not, not anybody in particular. He wanted to see if he could convince somebody to murder another human being. Hi, this is Scott, and I just want to interject in here that uh, we're going to be going into a fair amount of detail in these videos. Uh, we're going to try not to give away the ending. We will give you a spoiler alert before we get to the ending. Um, but if you think you want to watch either of these videos, then I would recommend that you just stop the podcast right here and then watch them, and then come back and listen to the rest of it later on. Again, these were uh, The Push and The Sacrifice by Darren Brown, D-E-R-R-E-N Brown, on Netflix. And so now we'll get you back to the discussion. And, you know, at first, you, it's, you know, it seems just ridiculous. They're like, and, no and, way. Like, this ain't yep. ever going to happen. We're we're not we're we're going to talk about the show quite a bit, but and we're going to try to not give away the ending until uh, ma until maybe at the very end of our okay, talk. But okay, we'll, we'll warn you. We'll yeah. warn you before we before we uh, say how it ended. But the uh, the idea, yeah, the idea behind the show is that he was he had employed all of these actors, and they they had um, like a you know somehow they selected their their people that were going to be involved with the. Uh, with the experiment and then they would create these different scenarios it was like a kind of a, a day or i don't know i can't remember how long was the was it was like an over yeah, the course it was, of a day yeah it was at least like almost a full day and they did some yeah. of these tests they, they they tested these people 
and the the idea was is that they were trying to kind of fit this certain personality type, like this certain right. yeah. So right. if they could get this certain um, uh, personality type, that they were more apt to following certain commands under certain. Uh, conditions and circumstances, and they'd have a better chance of kind of following through or going through with with this whole yeah uh, with this whole yeah. gig. Yeah, they were looking for people that would be susceptible to like suggestion and like stage hypnotism and and stuff like that. And so, um, so they so they they like narrowed it down, and they they most of the show they're following this one person, this one guy, and. Um, then at the end of the show and they show the results of, of what happened with him. And then they kind of go back and they, they show how some, you know, they did it, I don't know, four times or something like that, or four or six times. And then they, they like tell you how each of the different people uh, reacted at the end. And I don't know, it was just really, really fascinating to watch. And, 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 and Darren Brown like did these explanations along, you know, during the course of the day, he'd say like, okay, here, we're going to try to, you know, weaken his resolve by, and I'm going to use these negative terms in this way. And, and, you know, I'm going to kind of point at things and that's going to, you know, that's going to make certain implications in his mind. It's, it's almost like you could see it working. And yeah, I don't know, it was, what, what it, it was, it was, yeah, it was very impressive because these are little things that would normally go completely unnoticed. And obviously for the, for the people it did, it went completely unnoticed. Uh, but right. for us, because he was explaining it to us, obviously we, we were, we were in on it. And so we could see how these little suggestions and not just in, in verbal communication, but in body language and in uh, setting up certain circumstances. And I was, I was super impressed with how all of these little things kind of tied in with that that person's kind of mentality and their their personality and just kind of how things played out. It was it was right. very impressive that you could kind of orchestrate. It was yeah. he was orchestrating this. He was like a maestro and it was yes. it was yeah, it definitely. was very impressive. He was yeah, I mean he was playing these people like a puppet master. I mean, it was, it was, it, it's the kind of thing that you think no way can that happen, but then you see it and, right. you know, and, but then you think, well, you know, they did, they did choose people that they thought would be susceptible, but they're, they're, these aren't people that are mentally ill or delusional or any way, or at least that they knew of, um, you know, there, there wasn't anything special about these people other than they were the, you know, they had a, a, a personality and, a, and a, they fit a profile that would normally be, you know, slightly more susceptible. And, and it, I, you know, you can't help but wonder what you would do in the situation. Right. Like the, they put this guy through these stressful, different stressful situations and they're like, okay, well, let's see if we can get him to lie about this to this person, you know, and stuff like that. And so they kind of escalated and escalated and escalated. And I, I don't know. Do you have anything yeah, more you I, want to I, add in I there found, before we get to the ending there? Yeah, I found it interesting that all of these scenarios, all of these little situations that he played out, one of the things that I recognized right away is that even though he was getting the person to do something, quote, wrong, end quote, 
uh, in these little kind of setups escalating to, to the to the big you know climax. All of them, at least that I can remember, th- there was like an underlying. Um, uh, I don't want to say a theme, but it was almost like doing something wrong for the right reason. Like, right, like, right. Will, you, will you please lie? It's almost like this little white lie, but it's going to protect this person and that person and that person. And and there's, right, you know, right. there's nothing that, that, that it's, this isn't to hurt anybody. This is just to help X, Y, and Z. And so right, you right. could see how, even someone who would consider themselves a good person um, would would fall susceptible. Like they, they would, uh, I could see people falling uh, into this because it, it does seem like there's this underlying morality or this mm-hmm. underlying, hey, doing the the right thing almost uh, or the wrong thing for the right reasons kind of thing all right. the way through. Actually. Yeah, all the way through that first one, the the one called Push that we're talking about now. Right. Yeah, and you know, now that I think about it, the it, it not only was it um not only did you do you walk away wondering, you know, how would I react? Well, at, at first you're like, "Oh, I know how I would react right. totally in that situation." And so it's it you know, it's it's not only forcing you to check your own grip on your own, you know, decision-making process. But you also have to check yourself as far as being judgmental of others. Like, mm-hmm. so if, if you see somebody do something, you might think, oh, that's a horrible person. They just did a horrible thing. But you never, you never know. You don't know what their day was like. You don't know what their week was like. You don't know what their life was like. And so right. it really goes to show you that, you know, people can be put in these situations where they act in ways that are very different from what their, what their character normally is. And you know what, the thing that, one of the things that, um, that helped me in, in that kind of that process, um, was when I went through my addiction, like beforehand, um, I saw someone who had issues with addiction and I thought, man, look at this guy, you know, what a bum. And, uh, then I see somebody, you know, steal an old woman's purse or hold up a pharmacy or, or whatever uh, to get their fix. And, and after post addiction, I was like, yeah, I, I could see why they did that. They need help. Right. Right. You know, so yeah. it was a totally different um, shift, almost a paradigm shift for me. And mm-hmm. you don't realize how judgmental you are until right. you realize how judgmental you are. And so for me, you know, that was a, a big shift for me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, it was it kind of puts you as much as you can in in their shoes. I don't know. I, I wonder if, if it would what it would have been like to if they had shown. If they didn't have all the clips of Darren Brown cutting in, explaining what he was doing, I wonder, I wonder if they would make like a second version of the show with just things from just the perspective of the person of right. the target. That that would be interesting to see you know, exactly what they want to see through. what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think we're ready to talk about, we'll talk about the end of this one a little bit and then we'll, we'll go back and yeah. you know, talk about the other show. So if you're, if you're, uh, if you don't want to know how the ending is, then, uh, then jump ahead a couple of minutes and we'll, we'll try to make it quick. All right. So spo- you've been warned. So, how did it end, Jamie? Well, the ending was was pretty emotional. Okay, so the whole setup was basically to try to get this person 
to push someone off a building. Okay. Right. And that, that sounds really unorthodox, right? Be, like, like, how does that play out? But it, it makes complete right. how sense. How could you be tricked into that? Right. It makes complete sense when you watch it. Um, yeah. But to see um, that, of course, the main, the main character or, or the main, uh, the, the person that they used as the kind of the profile case, he did not. Right. Push the person off the ledge. Yep. He refused. He and, refused. Yeah. And he, he, he did everything got- else. He did everything else. They asked him right. to do a little white lie, you know, help us do this, help us, you know, steal that or whatever. All these little things building up. He did it. He did it. He did it. He did it. And then when he got and he even walked up like he was going to push the guy. And, yeah. and stopped a couple feet short. Yep. And like my hairs, tell. the hairs on my arm went up and I'm like, oh <laughs> my gosh. And, and he was contemplating that the wheels were, yeah. man, they were turning. But ultimately, you could, tell, you could, you could tell it was very taxing on his, on his, I mean, he was like, even though he didn't do it, he was like really crushed by right. this whole ordeal. And it was just really interesting. But that they, wasn't it, the so, most emotional for me though. The most emotional for me was the first one. So they, they had this main guy, the main character. But then after uh, after he didn't do it, they went through and showed you how some of the other people that they had also selected, they went through that process right. and where they, the, you know, where they ended up and how they, they panned out. The first one they showed, I think it was a girl, a lady who pushed the guy off the building. Right. I I was almost in tears. I I, I was yep. like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, yeah. uh, you know. But but again, I can believe. Like you but know, now you can now now you can step back and think, okay, well, you 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 hope that you wouldn't do it, right? But you can, but you kind of get a little bit of understanding on how how it came into the realm of possibility, at least. Exactly, like, they, they did it on like you know, a handful of people. And then they just ended up showing this one guy. I don't, I don't know how they decided who. Because which, there were which, a few people that I think that didn't push. Yeah. And there were obviously right. well, about, several that did. Right. It was, I think it was about half and half. Wasn't it? Or? I think so. Yeah. I think, yeah. It, or was maybe it, it may have been a little bit more pushed. I can't remember now um, because I'd, I'd watched that a little, little time ago, but it was, it was very like, this is one of those things like go to the bathroom before you watch this sucker and, yep, and get everything you, you want, <laughs> because listen, you're not going to want to stop it. You're not, right. it, it is, it is. And you know what else it is? Not only was, was it his ability to orchestrate this whole thing genius, but another feat, uh, it was, how they were able to um, um, play this out in cinema, you know, like how they were able to make this a show. Like when they say nail biter, no kidding. Like that was a piece of work. That was uh, a a masterpiece in it in and of itself. Um, Because I was sitting on the edge of my seat and it was absolutely an amazing show. It makes you think, uh, there's a lot of um, a lot of reflection. Uh, hopefully that will go on. It did for me, um, and it was just a really really cool show. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that was the push. That was the first one, and uh, the second show was called the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. The sacrifice, and and in this one they wanted to flip the flip the script. 
So instead of seeing if they could take somebody to and, and talk them into uh, murdering somebody else, they wanted to see if they could take somebody who had prejudice against a certain, you know, against a group of people and to see if they could get them to take a bullet for somebody else. So, so on, on the first show, the push, they're, t- they're trying to get somebody to kill somebody else. They see if they can drag somebody down into the depths of the worst of humanity mm-hmm. and just take somebody else's life. And then on the other side, they want to, you know, see if they can take somebody and push them up into the heights of empathy and, and, uh, you know, and sacrifice and, and that kind of thing. And so they, they, um, they, well, here, why don't you, why don't you tell the story on this one? Yeah, so um, th- this was was really terrific. They took a uh, a, a white um, middle aged, maybe thirty something or other um, guy from uh, Florida, and he has a uh, at least a prejudice. He says he wasn't racist, and I- I'm inclined to believe him if that's what he says. But he at least had a prejudice towards, uh, let's say. Um, people from Mexico or Hispanics, what he would classify as illegal immigrants. Um, Mm -hmm. And so he had a a, a really, really tough time um, with that. And that was one of the things that, of course, as they were talking to these people and uh, trying to find the, the, you know, the right character for, for, for this show, that was one of the main things they were, they were trying to find. Does this guy have any, um, any biases or any prejudice? Because obviously I mean, that's the whole setup. So basically they, they, Darren Brown, I don't want to say tricked, but convinced this man to be a part of this kind of experiment. And it was all kind of about, well, it, it was a fake, it was a front, right? It was a, right. It, it was wasn't, kind of it a, wasn't. A, yeah. It, the experiment was a front for, uh, f- you know, for the real experiment. F- right. And so the, the, the fake experiment was, Hey, we, we want, we're practicing or we're, 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 we're uh, demoing this, this new implant, this new chip implant that kind of uh, helps you become more decisive. Um, you know, a, um, someone who, who's able to make decisions uh, better and with more clarity. And so right. they, 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 they told him and they, they went through this process where they, they pretended to implant a chip in the back of his neck and they went through, I'm sure it's probably weeks worth of um, um, different tasks that he had to do as part of this, as part of this front um, where right. it was they were like rituals, rituals right, where it was kind of through. tied in with um, the two things that, that he was trying to get from this guy was he, he wanted to get him uh, to be, uh, to be fearless um, and, and to have um, an empathy for people. And, right. and they had one situation in particular in, in the kind of the middle of this staged um, bit where he had to look at somebody in the eyes for four minutes oh, straight. Oh, I, I, I was in tears. I was in tears. Right. Yeah. I was in tears that was- with that. And it was, of course, it was, um, I'm sure it was, it looked like someone of Hispanic uh, descent. Of course, this is a person that he should not technically be uh, empathetic towards. Right. But he had already professed, uh, right. You know, a uh, you know, prejudice against right. people like this. And so he looked him in the eyes for four minutes. And I don't know how long it was before, uh, but he broke down, uh, even yeah. to the point of wanting to hug the guy. Um, it was just this human being to human being connection 
that right. that they had, and that was kind of so. So Darren Brown is trying to set the, trying to set this guy up to not only be fearless but be empathetic. So uh, as a push towards the the climax, and so basically he takes this guy after weeks of. Uh, of setting all this stuff up and tells him, Hey, the experiment is done. Thank you so much. You know, things, things worked out good. You helped us out a lot and sent him on his way. And a certain amount of time went by. They didn't say how long, but they said long enough to where he kind of just, it was long enough to where he could forget about what was going on, all this stuff going oh, on. Right. Oh, wait, we, we should also in, uh, slip in there. There was a one scene where they, when they were going through this fake, you know, this fake experiment with this implant that's supposed to give you, make you fearless. It, there was this one scene where they had him walk out on, it was like this, you know, this diving board kind of thing or this projection out over like this yeah, cliff dive. Like a hundred feet like up. A, yeah. Above, above water. One of, one of his fears was of height. And the other one was of water. <laughs> right. Right. And so, so they were going to, they were going to see if they could, cause he had been doing these things. Like if he, you know, when at certain moments he like, pounds himself on the head is like a, a signal to himself that he's getting ready to, that he's getting ready to do it. And, um, and so they, they, at first he did not want to go out. It was like a little, like a little suspension kind of thing that's, that stuck out off the edge of the cliff. And he was going to, he was supposed to go to the edge and then jump off. And so they, they eventually got him to walk out onto it. And, you know, he was out there and he was looking over the edge and he was, pounding on his head like he was supposed to and he couldn't do it you know and so and so Darren was like oh you know this was really kind of a downer we were really hoping that this would right you know, that we could we could get him this would be a good you know a, this would show us that we have a turning point right we've we've right passed this turning point in his in his I don't know training I guess you'd call it and um and this and was so that was, was kind of this a was brilliant too in in ter- in terms of 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 the setup because I don't know it's like we always expect good endings but it's those bad endings to movies that make right. us just never know you know so, so you right yeah, right? right so so there so th- it's set up so it's it's almost like man I I don't know if this guy's really going to go through with it. So, yeah. so we should be, we got to be careful not to give away the end. Right. Too, right. So okay. We give yeah, another right, warning right. In a little so, bit. so yeah. basically now, uh, he is, he is done with this experiment, this fake experiment. And now, now he's back at home and Darren Brown basically has a friend call him and say, Hey, listen, I want a trip to Vegas for two. Why don't you join me yeah. out here in, in, in Vegas? And so the guy comes out to Vegas. Now this is part of obviously the, the show. So we are no longer in the fake experiment. And now we're, we're, we're doing the, the, the main, uh, the yeah. main plot here, but uh, he's, he doesn't they, know. They waited long enough. They waited long enough so that he wouldn't really suspect that they were connected. Right. At all. So, so he, he flies out to, um, was it to California? And then he was going to drive to Vegas and, uh, and I think meet his friend in Vegas. And yeah. so, um, so he ends up uh, getting in a taxi, uh, of course, which is all set up by the show. And uh, I don't know, a uh, little ways in the drive, turns out they're having, quote, car problems, which it was just that was a part of the setup as well. So they're in right. the middle of the desert, basically, and they stop off at this 
this this dive bar in the middle none of, of this nowhere. Is a surprise. None, none of this stuff is a surprise. Right. By this the is way. all it's, set up. It's a surprise they, to him. They say, yeah, they say things like here. We're going to pretend that we're that his car breaks down. You know, so right. it's not like, you know. And so, so none of this is a surprise to us. So basically, the, the the guy who's driving the the taxi, he's in on the gig. Um, they get to this dive bar. They go inside. Uh, the taxi driver is basically like, "Hey, listen, I I, I gotta, I, you know, I gotta go find a mechanic for this for this car, and you know, I'll be mm-hmm. back in a while." So basically, he leaves the guy in this bar by himself with a bunch of strangers. Now in the bar, oh, and he ta- they take his phone too. Right, they say, right. Hey, can I use your phone? My phone's not working. Can I use yours to call the mechanic? So he's the got leaves. no way of contacting anybody really. And right. um, yeah. he gets a phone call later in the bar from the guy who says, Hey, I found a mechanic, but I can't leave the car. Can you meet me, you know, uh, at the garage three miles down the road, get a taxi right. or something. And now yeah. in the bar with him, is like this biker gang. Okay. Again, these are yeah. all actors, uh, pretty, some pretty rough looking guys. And, uh, they have, and it wasn't even an actual bar. Was it? It was like, they had these fake walls and these fake windows and stuff or, or right. I, well, they conv- or, or it was a bar, like a little restaurant. And they, they did a bunch of remodeling so they, they did, could yeah, hide they- all these cameras and things like that. So, yep. uh, and basically they staged a scene while he was in the bar where a couple of, uh, Hispanics, they look Hispanic walk into the bar, uh, looking to get a drink. Well, uh, some of the guys in the motorcycle gang are like, uh, uh-uh, uh, what are you doing? This bar's not for you. Get out. Right. And basically right. shove, shove the two Hispanics out the door. And, um, Long story short, the biker gang makes this guy feel as if he's kind of one of the gang. You know, they're like, hey, yeah. sorry you had to see that. You know, we don't like those those kind of people here. And and, and they end up giving him a, a biker, one of their biker jackets. Yeah. Like, hey, they like bond. Yeah. They have a, these little bonding experiences. And that's all them. part of the plan. You know, that's all part of the thing that Darren Brown set up. So he's yep. now wearing this jacket. Uh, the biker jacket and um, and they go outside because the the biker gang said, hey, uh, we have a truck outside. I'll give you a ride to the garage. Right. So they're, they're going to take this guy to the garage so he could he could be there with the, the taxi driver and the, the car that's supposed to be fixed. So um, they go outside and they see uh, the, the, the couple of Hispanic guys next to their motorcycles that are pushed over. And so right. it looks like they intentionally pushed over their bikes. And so, yep. of course, in typical biker gang fashion, get them, you know. So they all, right. so, 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 so our guy jumps in the front seat of the pickup truck. They say, get in the front, get in the truck. Get in the, and they all start, you know, the guys get on their bikes and they're in the truck and they start chasing after these uh, Hispanic guys who jump in their truck and take off. Well, yep. turns out. Hold it. Let's. Yep. We're, we we're, we're working up, to, working up to the climax. So if you don't want to hear the ending to this, then then probably skip to the end. Right now we have a chase going on. We have the Hispanic guys in the truck, like a truck or vehicle, and and they're running for their lives. Of course, these are actors as well, right. and uh, some of the biker gang on their bikes, and uh, uh, one of the biker guys in the truck with our guy. And they're all chasing these Hispanic guys. Now they got them kind of pinned in into this giant kind of like fenced off parking lot or desert area. 
Of course, this is all planned. And they 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 were able to, to get the Hispanic one of the Hispanic, but actually both of them. They got one kind of down off to the side and they got the other one. And and one guy's got uh the Hispanic guy by one arm and another biker guy's got him by the other arm. And you got kind of the main biker so guy. Yeah. Very tense scene building up and, and they show the the guy our guy it's is still in, in the, the truck. In the in the truck, right. But they should they show him like you know, they, he's like figuring out what to do. And, and the one, the one thing I thought was cool is that on the radio um, in the truck, they were playing like this fake radio station, right? Mm-hmm. Cause obviously, you know, the, all of the actors were in on it. So they had this fake radio station and the, the jingle from the radio station was made to sound like the tune was made to sound like one of the sound effects from the, there was this app that he would use when he, back when he was in his, you know, experimental days when they had the, you know, the chip in his neck, he had this app that was supposedly that would interact with it. And so there was these sound effects on the app and, and the sound of they had the similar sound coming out of the radio and they show him sitting in here. When he hears, when he hears that sound, um, it's, it, it is supposed to trigger this, um, sense of 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 fearlessness and decisiveness, right. and right. and that's and so and and that was kind of set up during the whole first half of the experiment, and 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 of course the other thing was is he would tap on his head with his fist like three or four times, and that was all kind of those ritualistic things that he would do that was supposed to somehow interact with this uh, uh, chip in in his mind to make him more. Um, uh, decisive and and and. Did we mention fearless. that there was no chip ever? Right, no, there never, was, never a chip. Yeah, never a chip. There was, there was not. It was all everything. Psychosomatic. That, there was no yep. actual. Yeah, it was all. It was all kind of psychological. So so. Now the the leader of the biker gang pulls out a gun, and he's I don't know probably ten or fifteen feet away from the one Hispanic guy who whose arms are being held. Right. by more of the gang and he pulls up the gun and he's basically um interacting interrogating this one hispanic guy like hey you you really effed up now and you know yep. knocking over our bikes and so and so they get him to admit that they're that they're right. illegal they're they're in the country right. illegally. and that they knocked over the bikes and so on and so forth and he goes and and so basically we see now the the, the gun being pointed at the hispanic guy we see our guy in the truck simultaneously that jingle goes off right at the exact moment they wanted to we see him knocking on his head a couple of times and, and it had been a while since he had done that too, right? right? There yeah. was a time. There was a time gap, and so nobody was asking him to right. do the head pounding thing. This right? was he just, just was instinctual. Reflexively was right. doing it, yeah. And so soon after, like seconds after he taps on his head, he gets out of the truck, and he makes his way over. and And the biker guys are like, "Get in the truck! This doesn't concern you, man. This doesn't concern you." And he's like, "Man, no! What are you doing? What are you doing?" And, and and he ends up standing in front of the Hispanic guy begging the leader of this motorcycle gang. Don't do this. Don't do this. Let's just call the cops. You know, if he did something illegal, we'll just call the cops. And and the 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 the, the guy with the gun was basically like, listen, this doesn't concern you. Get back in the truck. And he was still begging for this yeah. guy's life. Now, this guy is, you know probably months before would have been someone that he probably loathed 
that that he that right. he found detestable. This was an illegal right, immigrant, right, yeah. and now he's pleading for this guy's life. And the the and the the guy with the gun basically says, "I'm going to count to three and I'm going to shoot." Right? And yeah. He goes. I'm gonna, he goes. I got one bullet. It's either going to be for you or him. And so he yeah. counts down. You know, I don't know from five, four, three, two, one. He puts the gun down for a second, and and our man is still standing right in front of this Hispanic yep. guy, begging him, and he's not moving. He is not moving. Right. And then the guy pulls the gun up and fires. Now, uh, in that that jacket that he had been given, in that biker yeah, jacket, the, the motorcycle jacket, there was like this this charge that would explode. It had fake blood, so he actually thought he thought he got shot. He yeah. had been shot. And now he's laying on the ground and he's like looking and he sees the blood and he's like, what's going on? You know, he couldn't believe what was what was going on. And then Darren Brown came out and said, hey, man, look, it, everything's OK. This was all part of a big experiment. Right. To see. Well, it took him a little while to convince him that he had not actually been shot. Yeah, right. He was still kind <laughs> of in 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 disbelief. And yeah, uh, man, uh like yeah, I, I I was in tears over this. This was that was uh, that was really intense. It was amazingly um, powerful, and um, just a, a, and another thing that was powerful too was, you know, something that I, I've always felt um, was important for me is is that my wife um, be proud of me, you know, mm -hmm. and. Um, at the end, um, they had, they had flown his wife in too, and he didn't know. Right. And his wife was there and got to see all of that unfold. Yeah. And got to see how, um, her husband, um, took a bullet for, for someone, particularly someone that, that he, uh, probably detested a few months before. And it was yeah. really really powerful yeah i mean he just breaks down you know it's just like they oh and i mean but it, but at you the think same, it's you know, emotional it, for us uh imagine right. imagine this imagine this poor guy i mean how amazingly powerful um you know th this and it reminded me if i could do some prophetizing it reminded me of the verse in john in the bible where it says this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And I thought that that was um, such a powerful, amazing um, show. I, I just couldn't believe. I, I, like, I, I didn't think anything could top the push um, right. episode because that was so powerful. Right. Uh, but at the same time, it was – it kind of – because after watching the push, and I mean, because these came out, you know, a couple of years apart, but the the first one is I, I watched the first one first and then the second one. So it was like, like kind of almost back to back. You know, after watching the push, I was like, and I imagine, you know, people listening to this probably if they watch it, we're probably going to watch them back to back as well. Right. But after watching the push, I was like, oh, this is just so depressing. You know, the depths that right. human beings right. can be dragged down to. But then it was very refreshing and very uplifting. And, um, you know, seeing that, okay. I mean, on, on one hand, it's, it's, 
it's kind he was manipulated into doing this. And so, but the fact that we, you know, that we are capable of, of, you know, it's not just our baser instincts that we're going to, you know, that, that we're vulnerable to, you know, we can, we can also push ourselves to, to this greatness. And I think that was kind of the point of, of, of his intent with that second one is that, um, you know, to show that, that we can, we can do good things that we don't even feel like we're capable of. And it was neat and, to see how he, how he, how this man changed over the, right. over the court. One of the things we didn't mention is that he, um, <laughs> they did like as part of the first uh, quote experiment, they had to do like this DNA test and they gave him all oh, kinds of right, reasons yeah. for it. And, and they swabbed him and they did the DNA test. And it was, it was, it was interesting because they weren't like, yeah, you're from America. You know, they, they're, they're like, Hey, listen, you got like 27% of this in you and, and, and 13% of that. And he had, um, some from like either Israel or Syria and, and a little like, like 1% from Mexico, you know? And, right. and, and it was at that point, I think that he started uh, to change his, his tune a little. And then he right, had right. the, then he had the, uh, the, the little experiment where he was looking into that person's eyes. Then that happened. Right. And so like, you could tell through this whole thing, kind of his demeanor, his mentality, um, how it started to change based upon so like all of this stuff was all staged to to kind of force him not force him but right manipulate him into doing this but the interesting thing about it is while he was man, quote manipulated to do that there was still a, a part of him that seemed that he was he was really changed by that right and, and that, that yeah that that it almost didn't feel manipulated by that time it it felt like th- this was a genuine response, right? Um, well, I mean, they were they were it wasn't they weren't just doing these superficial manipulations, uh, kind of like they were in the push in the first one. You know, they they were just kind of in the in the push they were like manipulating the person's mood and and things like that. But in this one, it felt like they were getting down deeper. Like they were they were uh, not addressing his behaviors, but addressing his motivations. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so so they were they were manipulating his motivations. And and I think it it opened his eyes to uh, to, you know, to being a kind of person that he had not been aware of. Right. Before that. Yeah. And so, you know, I think he was you know, he was very thankful. You know, he was like, oh, this is the greatest experience of my life. Yeah. And it was just and I can and, you know, and I'm like. Yeah, just watching it was right, the right. greatest experience right. of my right. life. Right? Yeah, it was. It was. The, it was that. It was that powerful. It was that cool. Now I will say this: like at, at first when it started out, like I was like, "Oh, here we go again. The white guy is the bad guy." You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I thought, "Oh," but as the movie pro- or as the show progressed, like it, it, it that. I, it didn't seem like, especially towards the end, it did, like that wasn't the intent, you know, that like, right. it was just like, it very well could have been the roles been reversed. So, um, so that, that was, uh, I know that was interesting for me. Like sometimes I have to check myself and say, all right, give it a chance. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love, I love the push. I thought that was terrific. And, um, and, and like initially I felt myself kind of sliding back into not a defensive posture, but like, Oh, why do I always have, why do we always have to be the bad guy? I don't want to be the bad guy. But then like <laughs> throughout, I, I, I kind of checked myself and then throughout the, the course of it, it was just, I mean, it was just so powerful. I mean, I just haven't ever watched anything like it. It was just, yeah. just amazing. And you, if, 
if somebody gets to the end of this podcast by accident, and <laughs> uh, I, I would say that, and they're not long. I mean, I think one was maybe just over an hour, and the other one was just right. under an hour. So it yeah. so it doesn't take long, but it it really it I I think it would behoove you to watch these, and I think that you will definitely if you're if you're uh, introspective at all, or you care about um, yourself as as a human being and other people, and you care about um, I, I don't know becoming a better person than these are two shows that you, you absolutely need to watch. Right. I think, I think they both really, uh, highlight the idea that, um, you know, we feel set in our ways, but there's just, there's a whole nother, there's a whole world out there of different perspectives. And, you know, and if, and if we just give ourselves a chance, um, then we can, you know, we can explore those and we can maybe, you know, be better people. Right. It was good. All right. Well, thanks for the uh, heartfelt discussion. I, yeah. It was a it, it was a fascinating show, and even just listen, even just talking about it, I could feel my pulse rate right. increasing know, and I my know. palms start sweating. I know. And we, and we, so like, we know. I guess the, we're all we're all just like Pavlov's dog, right? right? You know, that's funny. My wife said that tonight when we were watching it. She just said that out loud. She said Pavlov. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that yep. that was that was really really incredible. All right. So that was Darren Brown with The Push and Sacrifice. And that is What Say You. And that about wraps it up for episode number 16. Please send us your ideas, questions, and comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to know more about the topics covered in this episode, I recommend the book philosophical foundations for a Christian worldview, the philosophical foundations for a Christian worldview by JP Moreland and William Lane Craig. And I know that might sound um, a, a bit of a jump. We were talking about rationality and, and, and now I'm bringing up these, um, you know, this philosophical foundation. You, you said it, not me. You said it, not me. <laughs> now, you know, I didn't mean it like that, but that was a good one. Right. Yeah. Um, but, I think it was but a Freudian slip there. This this <laughs> this is a forty, basically a forty hour audible book. Um, okay, and and so you can imagine the actual hardback is is pretty beefy and meaty. It's one of the most rigorous philosophical defenses of Christianity. But but the reason why I recommended it is because it's very heavy in the the philosophical underpinnings. Um, which have a lot to do with um, how do we know uh, what is true? Um, how do we know reality? And it deals a lot with things like rationality, like reason, like being reasonable, like logic mm -hmm. and things like that. And so I thought this book um, would be appropriate for that, even though it's it's slightly uh, maybe it's a parallel road, so to speak. But that's Philosophical <laughs> Foundations for a Christian Worldview by J.P. Moreland and William Lane Craig. Scott, right. what do yeah. you have for our listeners? Uh, the book that I recommend is called The Invisible Gorilla. How our intentions. I'm sorry. The Invisible Gorilla, How Our Intuitions Deceive Us. And it's by Christopher Chabri and Daniel Simons. 
And basically, well, just like the title says, how our intuitions deceive us. It's a, it's a very, uh, I like, I like the writing style. It was very easy to read. That's, that's important for me. Um, and I, I like the, uh, they have lots of stories and, and, um, things to demonstrate, uh, in that respect, it's very similar to the Daniel Kahneman book that I recommended, what seems like ages and ages ago, uh, uh, thinking fast and slow. Um, but this is, um, they, they have, they have the, these are psychologists and they talk about, uh, experiments that they've done. And one particular experiment is very famous called the invisible gorilla. If you, uh, if you don't want to hear about this experiment, then I'm giving you fair warning. Now, uh, I am going to give away some of what the experiment was. Spoiler about, so. alert. Spoiler alert. Yes. Okay. We should have a, we should have a sound effect for spoiler alert. I think. We'll work on that. Right. We'll work on getting one of those. Okay. So the the invisible the experiment they didn't call it the experiment the invisible gorilla, but what it was it was uh, it was called what did, it was called uh, selective attention. That's what they were measuring selective attention. Hmm. So what they did is they brought a bunch of people in and they showed them this video, and in the video there was uh, a bunch of maybe a dozen or so maybe eighteen people something like that and they were split up into two teams one team had white t-shirts on one team had black t-shirts on and the instructions in the video and actually you can find this video on YouTube if you just search for invisible gorilla um, and so they say and so the instructions at the beginning of the video say count the number of times that the a white shirt player passes the ball to another white shirt player and so, you know, they were kind of tossing the ball around. Sometimes it would switch sides to the, you know, the black shirt team and, the, and, and so on. But, you know, you'd go through the process and you'd count them. And, um, and then at the end, they say, did you, did you count how many passes there were? And, and, and so everybody has their number. And then they say, yes, it was. And then they tell you how many passes it was. And then they say, but did you notice the gorilla? And you're like, what? What? Did, what do you mean? And so, and so you go back and watch, they rewind the video and they say, and they show the people passing the ball around. And during the middle of all of this, a person in a gorilla costume walks out into the middle of the floor, does a little bit of a dance and then walks off the camera. <laughs> and, and nobody and they, notices it. Do and they, they found that people <laughs> and, and not nobody. It's like, I, I can't remember the exact percentage. It was like 40 or 50% or something like that. Didn't notice the gorilla. You know, a lot, a lot of people would notice, especially like I said, you know, if you, if you see the title of the book, it, it kind of gives you maybe a little bit of a nudge what's going on mm -hmm. there. But, um, but the way that they have the video on the internet, I, there, there, there used to be a website where you could send somebody to, to watch and, and the title didn't give anything away and they just said, watch this video and so on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just goes to show how things that we think are so incredibly obvious right there. In, I mean, how could you not notice a somebody gorilla, walking right. out in a gorilla costume? Right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just ridiculous, but it's, it's amazing to see how many people, uh, don't notice that kind of thing. And so, uh, and so this is a way it, the, the idea of the experiment, which of course led to, uh, the publishing of the book is to illustrate that how some things that are just so incredibly obvious to us are wrong and some things mm -hmm. that are right, we don't even notice, you know, and I, th yeah. I thought that that tied in well with the, with the talk on rationality and with our talk on, uh, the Darren Brown stuff. And so uh, that was The Invisible Gorilla, How Our Intuitions Deceive Us by Christopher Chabri 
and Daniel Simons. Very cool. I'm going to have to go check out uh, that video now. All right. And uh, maybe read the book. Thank you, Scott. And thank you, our audience, for joining us. And we hope you'll be back with us next time when Scott and I will be talking about Scott going to church. He really is going to church. (laughs) Until then, this is your dialectic duo reminding you to talk to each other. See ya. This has been the God or Not Podcast. Send your questions or comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to support the show or grab some God or Not gear, please visit the website at www.godornotpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. 